passed down sorry for those who were online hello um hello <laughs> we're, we're passed down but we're glad that you are here glad that you could be with us today it is for sunday meal please stay and eat there is so much food <laughs> there is so so much food um uh, if you're watching and um you want to just be getting ready between now and the time that service ends we'd we'd love that because there is so much food. Uh, yeah, so we're glad that you are here today. Uh, we've got some people who are not able to be here. There um, some funerals going on, some vacations going on, and um, but we're, we're happy that you're here. So if you have not yet brought your items for the month of September, that was... Um, that was What's the word? Toiletries is the word. Thank you. Lord, help me. Uh, that was toiletries. If you have not yet purchased those, please bring them. The items for the month of October are hair care products. So uh, hair brushes, combs, um, any kind of headbands or, or bows, anything like that would be, would be great. And bring those with you. I got on the website at 8 o'clock on Friday because that's when it opened up by 8.03 so it, and it took a really long time to finally get to the point of, of them checking for the, for the availability. By 8.03 all the spots were taken? <laughs> yes. That's a yes. By 8.03. So it's like alright people are excited to volunteer for shoe boxes but I do have I think two or three different, um, different times lined up for them to email me if they have opportunities open so uh, do keep that in mind we're going to try uh, to, to go to the facility to volunteer uh, but 
but we do thank you. We appreciate all that you have done so far. Even if we're not able to go and volunteer, we, we still are glad to that we've been able to put together these shoe boxes. So, uh, we'll, and we'll have an opportunity to come together here and put together shoe boxes if you'd like to do that. So that'll be uh, that'll be mid November that we'll be working on that. So actually, just about six weeks from now. <laughs> Golly, time is flying by. Um, thanks, meal is November nineteenth, uh, and we are going to have some fun and exciting things going on here. And uh, we we ask that you be here if you're watching online be here on that Sunday so uh, any other announcements and dates and things we will let you know um, this what what a, my my thought for today I, I struggled with with bringing it because I'm it, it will make a good message but hey, there are a lot of people out. So y'all who are watching online, if you're if you're supposed to be here today and you're not, just um, close your ears for a second because I may preach about this because it was good to me. Uh, I, I do car duty on um, at school in the mornings and afternoons, and in the after well, in both morning and afternoon we have two lines coming, but. <clears throat> but in the afternoon, it's by grade level. So uh, kinder and first, they stop under the awning. And second and third, they come in, this, in the second line. And I'm all the way at the... I am the anchor of the... Uh, by, by my own um, choice and taking over. The, the anchor of the line. So everybody, every car has to come to me, has to stop at me. So eight, usually about eight cars that we can get along our sidewalk and so I I see them I'm at the very end I see both rows but I can see the the second and third grade cars pretty clearly because they're far enough over and I can see them so when the kids are called um, for the kinder and first they're told to go to a stand beside a certain number the poles are numbered but for us we don't have poles so I'm just like looking at the cars yelling out at kids uh so and so come all the way down you're number one so-and-so come all the way down here to the sign you're you're number two so I again I can see all the cars and by now I pretty much recognize them so there's a lot of setup but I'm telling you it was good to me so you'll see, you'll notice a lot of kids that um you'll say so-and-so come down it's your cars first and that some of them will be running they're they're excited to go home they're running I'll have to tell them stop running use walking feet and um and a lot of times, the the first row, uh, the first few cars are gone, and then there are some cars still left there um, loading up while I'm calling for those kids to come on down. Well, on Thursday or Friday, I saw the car, and I said, Asher, come on down. Your your car is first. And he's he's looking, and he's hesitating, and he's, he's walking toward me. He's walking toward me, but he kept looking back. Because the cars were in the way, the other cars were in the way, and he couldn't see, and he kept looking to see us. I said, Asher, come down here. You're number one. You're first. And he kept turning around and looking. And I said, Asher, don't you trust me? I know which car is yours. Get down here. And immediately, I was so glad that I had, that I had sunglasses on because I started. My, my eyes filled up. Because that's the... God is saying to us, come on here. Come on. 
I, I see what's going on. I see what's ahead. I, I see what you're facing. I see, I see your future. It's right over there. And I say, and I'm looking back. I don't see it. Okay, you you can't see it. You got to come to me. But I can't. I can't see it. That's and so many of them will say, "No, that's not my my car's back there." Okay, that's fine. And I'll say to them, "Your car is going to come to me." Your car's not going to stay where it is. It's going to come to me, so I need you to come to me. And it hit me so hard that oftentimes we're, we're waiting and we're hesitating and we're saying, God, I don't know if I can get, I don't know if I can get closer to you. I don't know because I, I think it's back here. And God is saying, no, I, I see it. I, I see it. It's, you can't see and you can't go across to where it is. You got to come to me and it's going to come to me. And, and once you both merge, that's that's where it is that's where your miracle is that's where your that's where your faith is gonna receive its sight that you got to come to me oh it hit me so hard so again if y'all hear that a second time y'all just act like you haven't because it was it was good but this morning i encourage you go toward him he said if you'll draw near to him he'll draw near to you so get get close today amen let's stand and go to the lord in prayer Ask him to have his will in the service. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your goodness to us. We thank you for your mercy and your blessings and grace. And God, we are so grateful because you are good to us. Lord, that you see and you know, and from the time, even before we were born, you had a purpose and a plan for us, and you see our future, and you see the things that are ahead, and you see the things that we're going through, but God, you call on us, you call to us, and you say, come to me, and God, as we draw near to you, we understand, we believe that you will draw near to us, and God, that when we can't see it, you're working, even when we can't understand the things that are going on, the things that we're going through, that we just got to walk close to you. That we just got to keep our eyes on you, not keep turning around. God, I ask you to help us today. God, for each and every person who's here, for each and every person who's watching, who's not able to be here for whatever reason, for sickness or for difficulties, God, for for having a good time, I pray that you would give them strength and help and encouragement. God, I pray for each and every person who's here that you would help us, lift us up, God, help us to honor you and please you in all that we say and do. Today, accept our worship. Receive from us what we give, and God, we pray that you would come down in such a strong and mighty way. We understand and we believe that where two or three are gathered together in your name, you'd be there in the midst of them, and God, we trust that you are here in this place. God, we praise you, we lift you up, we thank you and honor you. In Jesus' precious holy name, amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. When all I see is the battle you see my victory when all i see is the mountain you see the mountain move and as i walk through the shadow your love surrounds me there's nothing to fear now for I am safe with you so when I fight I'll fight on my knees when 
my hands lifted high. Oh God, the battle belongs to you. And every fear I lay at your feet, I'll sing through the night. Oh God, the battle belongs to you. And if you are for me, who can be against me? For Jesus, there's nothing impossible for you. When all I see are the ashes, you see the beauty. When all I see is the cross, God, you see the empty tomb. So when I fight, I'll fight on my knees. When my hands lift high. Oh God, the battle belongs to you, and every fear I lay at your feet, I'll sing through the night. Oh God, the battle belongs to you. Almighty fortress, Almighty fortress, you go before us. Nothing can stand against the power of our God. You shine in the shadows. You win every battle. Nothing can stand against the power of our God. Almighty fortress, you go before us. Nothing can stand against the power of our God. You shine in the shadow, you win every battle. Nothing can stand against the power of our God. Almighty fortress, you go before us. Nothing can stand against the power of our God. You shine in the shadow, you win every battle. The power of our God. So when I fight, I fight on my knees with my hands lifted high. Oh God, the battle belongs to you. And every fear I lay at your feet, I'll sing through the night. Oh God. The battle belongs to you. Oh God, the battle belongs to you. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You are good to us. Yeah. 
so unexplainable I I can hardly think as you call me deeper still as you call me deeper still as you call me deeper still into love 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 you're a good good father good to us. Lord, we lift you up. We praise your holy name. Amen. 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 Praise God. God's good, isn't he? He is good. He is good. He is good. Hallelujah. I'm not here for prayer requests, but if there's a prayer request, there's a thought that came to me. Somebody told me last week that our military, if they don't take the COVID shot, will be dishonorably discharged. We're in a mess. Uh... Have you ever seen so many things taking place today that points directly to last time events? Wow. We are nearing the time. You may hear this again next week. But I remember, I remember 30 years ago, somewhat like that, 25, 30 years ago, 35, there was a particular thought brought up on this radio station. And it was about the rapture and about the mark of the beast. And the host of the program said hogwash. Oh, he said, it's not going to happen. Oh, you're crazy. I tell you, he needs to open his eyes today. 
Hallelujah. Even heard last week, I'm not sure what preacher it was, but they're now giving a mark in some countries, like putting it into your skin that you could buy or sell in some of the foreign countries. Hallelujah. Listen, the things that are taking place right now is a prelude to the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, there's a rapture going to take place. Three and a half good years, three and a half bad years, while we're rejoicing in heaven, and then the coming of the Lord when every eye shall see him. Please hush, Larry, and receive offering. Brother Mike is not here. They, they too, have some sickness, I think, in their family. And uh, so he's not here. I'm here for you to ask you to give an offering. And if you will, just let God speak to your heart on what to give after the tithe, of course. We understand tithing is spelled out pretty, pretty good. But he also said, you robbed me an offering. So let's give some good offerings. Let's make the offering plates so heavy that Brother Vic will have a hard time taking it. Amen. Brother Vic's coming to wait upon you and receive your tithe today and your offering. God's good, isn't he? Beautiful songs, beautiful spirit. And I tell you, all the Lord wants out of us is for us to worship him. And here we are at this point to worship him in gift giving today. Father, thank you, thank you, thank you. How great, how great, how great is our God. Now, we love you for all your goodness. We thank you, Lord, for this privilege to give. We thank you, Lord, for the privilege to worship in your house today. May all things done and said give glory and honor to you. Accept our love gifts today. Oh, Father, we give of our tithe and our offering, and we bless you, Lord, for all that you've given us. For everything we have belongs to you. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, and them that dwell therein. Hallelujah. Now, Lord, your anointing and blessing upon this offering and upon those that give and those that have only a prayer to give your blessings, I pray. Amen and amen.
Good morning to all, y'all, all of you here, and good morning to those at home watching. It's now time to receive prayer requests this morning. Brother Mike. Yes, sir. Praying for your family. Sister Sugar. Travels for Gigi and Pop Pop. Sister Jordan. My sister, I was praying for her last week, and we all were for job opportunities. She was having some troubles. Anyway, so yesterday, day before, she had an interview. Someone called her, and she starts Tuesday or Wednesday a new job, making more than she's ever made before. So she was very excited. Um, pray for a guy that works at Monarchy uh, right above the street from the store that I work at. He works on all of her cars, and he comes in, and he's been going through a lot. See, his wife been in and out of the hospital and said that, let's see several months ago she received her second vaccination COVID and anyway ever since he said there's, it's not been good but he went retaining fluids said her legs are around her heart and everything just and anyway I found out the other day he come in and said uh, and they have a child and said that she they gave her six months to live so yeah he is tore up so pray for that family TJ and his wife Thank you. 
Betty. She did. <laughs> what was that? Right, if that's it, any unspoken requests, raise your hands. Stand with me as we take these to the Lord. Time now to fellowship, if you will. Praise the name of the Lord. Here we go. 
Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> yeah, I mean, good morning to all y'all who are watching. Maybe y'all are saying good morning to me. Still morning, I think. So, hello and welcome. Hello for those who are watching and those who are live and in person. Um, before we, before I preach, yes, we are preaching. Um, <laughs> it's rare for us not to get the word in. So, in more ways than one, the word in or the word. Um, so, before we begin, uh, we want to we want to say a congratulations to Jeff. Uh, we had we had planned, but then you know lots of people had to be out um, <laughs> all of a sudden. But we had planned to uh, celebrate because Jeff graduated um, with a and Amanda wrote it down for me a bachelor's of science in information technology management. Yes, that is a so yay. Good job, Jeff. We're very proud, and I'm sure he's very glad that it's done. <laughs> yes. So um, we do want to celebrate. Uh, we have some some um, celebratory decorations and some maybe some other things. We have something, if you'll come on up, from the Cornelius Church of God, and we say thank you. And if, you, if you're like Leneva and you'd like to say anything. Okay. But we do say, yes. We do say we're very proud, and thank you so much for making all that effort. <laughs> and he said he's going to take a little break, and then he's going to go get his master's. So, F-U-N, right? And we'll celebrate that in another few years. But, um, but we are glad. We are glad for, for that. So, um, again, and lots and lots of food was prepared on your behalf and stuff that you like. So, I hope you're really hungry. Um, that's what on on Wednesday and Dad said, Jeff, what if you could eat anything, what would be your favorite thing? And did you even catch it? Did you even no. Honestly. That's how slick we are. That's right. <laughs> but we are. We're really proud and uh and again glad. And Amanda has a a book that she'd like for us to sign, just like a, it's over in the fellowship hall, so stay and sign the book as kind of a a uh, congratulations. Yes. Amen. So, today we are taking a look at Word 5. Word 5. We're going to be in Exodus chapter 20 again, and uh, taking a look at verse 12 in just a minute. But last time we visited the subject, we saw that keeping the Sabbath means more than just taking a Sunday nap, which I personally love and appreciate. I will be doing that when we get home today sometimes you know you wake up on a Sunday and it's like all right just a few more hours <laughs> and I can be right back here and be great um, but taking a Sabbath uh, prepares us for what's ahead it is permission to cease from our typical labor not from all labor we are commanded and we see that Jesus said to us to gave us an example to go out and help others on the Sabbath. And we also see that Jesus is our place of rest. That for those of us who are in Christ, He has given us that place, that intermission place, and said to us, Come unto me, all ye who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. I will be that rest that you need. And any time, it's not just a a Sabbath day type of thing. It's not just a Friday or Saturday or Sunday, but it's any time that you choose to take that Sabbath rest 
it can be taken with Jesus. So today, we break ground on the fifth word. This is the first commandment with a promise attached to it. Long days in the land of promise. And it is also the first commandment under the umbrella of love your neighbor as yourself. Remember we spoke about this, that Jesus was asked, what, what's the greatest commandment? And he said, uh, Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the second is like unto it, love your neighbor as yourself. So when we see that, uh, that love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, that is the first four commandments, the ones that we've already done. But now we get into loving our neighbor as ourselves. So from the fifth commandment to the tenth is the, the understanding of how we are to relate one to another. How we are to love our neighbors as ourselves. So why was this commandment treated with such preference? Again, it, it being the first one that's mentioned under this umbrella and also the first one that's mentioned with a promise. So... We have to build upon the correct foundation. Take a look at verse 12. It says, Honor thy father and thy mother, that thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. So consider the first word. The very first, commandment one, word one. I am Yahweh, the Lord thy God, who hath brought you out of Egypt. That was the first word that, that God spoke to them. That's our first commandment or our first idea of who God is. God was bringing them. He was introducing himself. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. So the first way to respond to God, which is the foundation of all relationships, if we don't get this one right, we can't get these right. So the first way that we respond to God is to remember who he is and what he has done for his people. We're honoring him. That's our very first commandment is honoring God. All those first four commandments go within that, go within that grouping of honoring God, loving him with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. So it makes sense that the very first commandment within love your neighbor as yourself would be honoring some of those around us. So the first way to respond to people loving our neighbor as ourselves is to honor our father and mother. So honor, there are numerous connotations. We get the word honor and we, we have a certain thing that comes into our mind. We have an idea of what honor means. So far as we're concerned with our families, our, our moms or dads, the idea of honoring our country, the idea of honoring those who have served or different, different people who deserve honor. We have that in our minds. The word that Moses used to express what we must do in regard to our parents is, is kind of interesting. Within the Pentateuch, which is the first five books of the Bible, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, those are the ones who, that were written by Moses. So within these first five books, Moses uses five different words for honor. So since the Holy Spirit is the one inspiring Moses to write, and the Holy Spirit knows all things, and he says, okay, use this particular word in this particular setting. 
Use this word for honor here. Use this word for honor there. The five words, and I won't tell them to you in Hebrew because partly because I won't pronounce them correctly and then spelling them and bless my heart. But the first word for honor means ornament or beauty. The next word that Moses used means grandeur. The third word that Moses used is splendor. The fourth word that he used was favor, high or proud. The fifth word that Moses used for honor was to be heavy. In a bad sense, being burdensome or dull. In a good sense, being numerous or rich. Guess which one Moses used to describe the responsibility that we have to our father and mother. He used the one that can go either way. He used the one that means to be heavy. And this is in a good way or a bad way. Our honor can go either way. <laughs> yeah. So, father and mother, this seems pretty obvious. Father, in a literal or figurative sense, meaning patriarch or chief. Mother, in a wide sense, literally or figuratively. And I thought this was really neat, that the Hebrew, the, the word for mother means the bond of the family and I thought thank you Lord because he's the you know he's the one that originated this whole thing and so you know what dads are great too but moms uh, the bond of the family <laughs> holding it all together <laughs> thank you Lord <laughs> so the the words father and mother can also extend to the elders and leadership of a community. We see that this commandment gives a reward for following it. He says that your days will be long upon the land that Yahweh, your personal God, is giving to you. So this command goes beyond the development of a positive, loving relationship with one's parents. This command is about spiritual authority. Oh, y'all don't want to, I mean, y'all don't want to get me started on spiritual authority. Any of y'all who've ever been in my class, y'all know I just love talking about spiritual authority. And so we'll touch on it a little bit today. If y'all want to know more, please see me after church because I would love to talk about it. Love to. Yes. So, Consider the fact that God did not command love toward our parents. God didn't say, love your father and mother so that your days will be long upon the earth. He didn't say that. He didn't say, feel positively toward your father and mother. Like them. Enjoy hanging out with them. Desire to support them. No. That's not what he said. He used the word honor. Whether they are burdensome and dull, or whether they are numerous and rich, honor. Make that choice. So, you may have great parents. You may have had great parents who were 
rich in every sense. You may develop a positive relationship with them. If so, honor them. You may have burdensome parents. <laughs> my, my parents are both in here. I'm not saying either way. No, I'm joking. They are rich in some way. Your relationship with your parents may be strained, difficult. If so, honor them. Honor. Regardless of the circumstances you find your familial status in, give honor where honor is commanded. Notice that we didn't say give honor where honor is due. Because in our hearts, we may not feel like honor is due. I, I know some people... That, and, and I was just, it's just a joke. I had a fantastic growing up experience. Um, no, no issues, no complaints. But there are some who have had a really hard time. There are some people whose relationship with father or mother or both was so strained and so difficult that the idea of honor is painful and confusing because it's it's like God why are you commanding me to do this because that person calls so much pain and strife and difficulty and how is it that I'm supposed to honor them and anyone who is there or watching who is there more if you know of anybody who's having any issues and you send this message to them and they listen we all are instructed to honor don't condemn those who have had a difficult time honoring, let alone loving, after what they may have experienced. Again, for those of us who grew up positively, it feels easy to honor and to love, but not for some. Not for some. It's, it's really difficult. It has been suggested that this word was initially practical in nature. The children of Israel had been walking for three months. Think about that. There were people from all age groups included in that 2 million people. So you had those who were very elderly, who were, who were the older members of the community, who were the fathers and mothers of the community, and you had all those who were younger, middle-aged, those who were teenagers, and those who were you know, just toddlers and tiny babies. Every, every aspect of age group you had included they had been walking for three months from egypt to sinai and they still had 40 years ahead of them to walk they didn't know that at the time but the lord knew that so think about this when god says honor your father and your mother not only your literal father and mother but honor those figuratively within the group who are older honor them it would have been difficult for those older citizens to keep up the pace. So some have suggested that the Lord was telling them this so they'd be mindful of the elderly people in their community. Don't get aggravated with them for not keeping up. You know, keep a, keep a steady pace, but keep a considerate pace because as you walk, it's going to be more difficult for them to keep up. And if they need help then honor them with whatever they need. If you need to carry their load for them, if you need to walk with them, whatever it is, honor them 
in the way that you walk. Instead of being begrudging toward them, be mindful. When they finally reached the promised land, it was assumed and expected that those who were younger and able would care for and provide for their aging parents. This would ensure that all of them, young and old, would be able to live long in the promised land. So this was a, a word of promise. Honor your father and mother that thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. It was not qualified by those of you who are honoring will live long in the land. He said that thy days, so everyone in the community, if you honor the fathers and the mothers, if you look after them the way that they should be, then everyone will be able to live long in the land. So the fathers and mothers will be looked after, the elders of the community will be taken care of, They'll be provided for. They won't have to go in and work for themselves. They won't have to labor and worry about things. If you who are younger will look after them, take care of them, then everyone lives long. So a lot of times it was it's kind of assumed that this promise was strictly for the sons and daughters who were looking after the elders, but it's the promise was for everyone. So... Somehow this became a heart issue. In the next chapter, chapter 21, we're not going to turn there, but if you're taking notes, Moses is given more specific instructions that those who curse, and in the Hebrew means belittle or contempt, or strike their parent, must be put to death. Now, this threat, we think about this and we think, oh my goodness, God is so harsh, he's so... He's so difficult, and, and oh my goodness, how, how awful that he would actually command that the people who cursed or struck their parents would be pulled into the middle of the community and everyone would have to, to stone them. Oh, how, how awful God he is. Well, think about this for a second. If I know that that's the command, if I know that God has said, don't strike and don't curse, so with my physical actions or with my verbiage, do not attack my parents. I have to honor them or do not attack those who are over me in the Lord. If I'm told that and I know that, then whose responsibility is it to follow those directions? And then as well, from the time that a child is young, it's incentive to parents to, you know, parent. So, uh, I mean, y'all all are great parents here. I'm sure anyone watching, maybe you are too. Um, I don't know who all's watching. That's why I say that. Uh, but, but it's incentive for the parents to parent. To say, here's the thing. You may not like me. You may think that I'm dull and difficult. But you going to listen. You may love me one minute, and that's great. But even in the times that you don't love me, you going to listen. Because let me tell you what God says. <laughs> you keep on. We're taking you out in front of everybody, and we're stoning you, child. I mean, honestly, this would have been some type of incentive to the parents to say, hey, we're, we need to straighten up. 
because we don't want anything bad to happen to you, but we're going to follow God's directions, whether you do or not. So this idea here was God putting in place, you know what? Make me the bad guy. That's fine. Tell your kids, hey, the reason you have to obey is because God says to. You may not like it, and that's all right, because sometimes I don't like it either. But we have to listen because God says to listen. So here we're, we're seeing this idea of honoring, and God set it up. Oh, bless us. And some people say, you don't have any children. You are right. Thank you, Jesus. I never gave birth to any. Um, I plan to never. We have the one who is 16, and she is enough, and, um, and we love her. And so for those who say, I don't know what it's like to be a mom, y'all don't know what it's like to be a stepmom. <laughs> There's a lot of prayer. Lord, help us all. Amen. <laughs> well, she listens. Um, and child. No, sorry. Um, anyway, so this heart issue continued through generations and generations, and we see that by New Testament times, this command had become a real problem. In Matthew chapter 15, in Matthew chapter 15, we'll look at verses 1 through 6. It says, Then came to Jesus the scribes and Pharisees, which were of Jerusalem, saying, Why do thy disciples transgress the tradition of the elders? For they wash not their hands when they eat bread. So they, they come to Jesus and they're angry. Wow. Shame on y'all for not washing your hands according to the tradition of the elders. It didn't say according to the law, but anyway. But he answered and said unto them, Why do ye also transgress the commandment of God by your tradition? For God commanded, saying, Honor thy father and mother, and he that curseth father or mother, let him die the death. But ye say, Whosoever shall say to his father or mother, It is a gift by whatsoever thou mightest be profited by me, and honor not his father or his mother, he shall be free. Thus have ye made the commandment of God of none effect by your tradition. So, in New Testament times, well, starting way earlier than that, but, but again, this was something that Jesus addressed in the New Testament time. He begins by reprimanding those who had skirted the issue. We talked about this last week, that there were those who, remember, that they could tie the girdle. The lady could tie the girdle around the around the the bucket so that they could scoop water out. They're skirting the issue. They're trying to get around the rules that they had made. So here, they're trying to get around this commandment that God had made because there was a habit that had become common practice. There was this idea known as Corbin. 
if you're taking notes, C-O-R-B-A-N, Corbin. Now, Corbin was originally intended as an abstinence from something in sacrifice to the Lord. The Nazarites, when they would take their vows, those vows were known as Corbin. When they would abstain from cutting their hair, or they would abstain from meat, or they would abstain from alcohol, whatever it was, they would give up for a period of time as Corbin to the Lord. And they could not be they could not be condemned for not giving up whatever it was. So they could not be like, I can't cut my hair because it's Corbin. I cannot eat this meat because it's Corbin. I cannot drink this wine because it's Corbin. I have vowed a vow to the Lord and I can't break it. So the people got to thinking, okay, I don't really want to look after my parents. I don't really want to have to pay for my bills and their bills too. So I'm going to say that all of my wealth and income is Corbin. It belongs to God. It's a gift to God, so I can't possibly use it to help you. And this is what Jesus was condemning. He said, you say to your parents, it's a gift. Oh, this is a gift to God. I'm sorry. And you make the word of God null and void because you don't have it in your heart to help those around you. So if I claim all my possessions as Corbin, the sacrifice, I can't possibly help you. I'm sorry. This is God's, not yours. So Jesus became angry with the Pharisees and teachers of the law for accepting this blatant disobedience of God's command. He said, you know, you're fussing at us for not washing our hands, but you won't look after the elders in your community. And you say that it's because you're given to God. Well, God commanded that you give to them, so that's not really how this works. The issues that we see, I've heard it said, and I, do, I am by no means getting political, but I've heard it said that if the church had done what it was supposed to, welfare never would have had to be in existence. If we had done as God commanded, that from the time that that God said, look after the elders, look after the the foreigners, look after the poor in your community, if the church had done what God said, instead of trying to skirt around it and and build up our own wealth, then the government would never have had to step in. We could have just looked after everybody the way that we should have. Again, I'm, I'm not, no, that's neither here nor there, and that's uh, about 100 years too late. But anyway. The issues that we as a society have with authority are encompassed within this command. Honoring those in authority. I don't want to honor them. They're difficult. They're dull. Oh, well. Think about those who had been over them. So God is saying to these people, you need to honor those who were over you. Consider who had been over them. They'd been slaves in Egypt. 
So slave masters had been the ones over them. They had been dealing with authorities who were rigid and harsh and violent. And God is trying to change their minds and change their attitudes about those in authority. He's saying, you are no longer slaves, but you are still under authority. They had been under the authority of those that it would have been easy to hate. But Yahweh told them, honor your literal parents, mom and dad, who, who caused you to be alive, and your figurative parents, those elders, those who are over you, the great ones and the difficult ones. So how do we show honor in our day? This commandment is not merely an old covenant requirement. Jesus mentioned it. He talked about his frustration with the religious leaders concerning their skirting around this issue. So obviously Jesus supported this commandment. Paul also mentioned the importance of obeying this word, honoring spiritual authorities of all kinds. So we see that this is a New Testament issue as well as an Old Testament issue. So how do we apply this command? We are able to glean some applicable truths from this word. First, next to how we love and respond to God, how we love and respond to our families is most important. I'll say that again for those who are, who are taking notes. Next to how we love and respond to God, how we love and respond to our families is most important. Family is foundational. The truth of this is evidenced in the fact that the first of the relational commands was about the parent-child relationship. So God could have brought anything. The next one, the one that we'll talk about, not next week because pastor's preaching next week, but the one that we'll talk about the following week is, uh, you know, not don't murder. So he could have put that one first. He, he, the, the one about not stealing, that could have been first. The one about not coveting, that could have been first. But the one that God commanded first in the group of how we relate to one another was family relationships. So obviously, the foundation of our relationships has to be right. People who have had difficulties within their own families, they have a difficult time relating to other people have a difficult time trusting, have a difficult time loving. So, we have to think, family being foundational, I've heard it said and I've shared it with others, that our first ministry is our family. Before there were ministers, there was a familial relationship parents before priests were to instruct their children in the worship of Yahweh. Our family is our first responsibility for ministry. Within our home, if you're a husband to your wife and your children, if you're a wife to your husband and your children, that is your first ministry responsibility. We must get the foundation right before we attempt to build out to others around us. The second thing we see within this 
command is that honor is not dependent upon feelings. Oftentimes, in various situations, we wait on the feeling before we start the doing. Y'all ever been there? I have been there plenty of times. I wait on the feeling, God, I don't feel like doing this. You got you to gotta start doing sometimes before you feel the feeling. Because if you, if you do the doing long enough, the feeling starts to happen. Sometimes, not all the time. It's not, I'm not promising anything. But, but sometimes if you, if you begin to say the words, I honor you. You may not feel like it right at first, but you keep on, I honor you. Same thing with forgiveness. I forgive you. You may not feel it right then, but you, you start the, the doing before you start the feeling. I love you. That's that agape, that choice love. I love you. Never mind. You, you start the doing before you start the feeling. I don't know if you've ever found it to be true, but, but when I begin to speak positively about a situation instead of negatively, just the words going forth make me feel a little better. If you begin to pray for somebody, you don't want to, but you still do it. God, help that person. You see what they need. Your will be done in their life. You begin to pray for that person who's bothering you. And the feeling begins to shift because you've done the doing before you've done the feeling. So honor is not dependent upon our feelings. Because it hardly ever works that we can feel something and then do it. Understand that honor may look different. And again, for those who have had a really difficult time, and if you're watching or if you're here, and you've had a very difficult time in your, in your family situation, honor may look different. I know people who's, who've had a very difficult time with, their, with one or both, one or, or the other of their parents. And honor doesn't necessarily look like a close, constant relationship. Sometimes it's just praying for that person and not talking bad about them. That's between you and the Lord how your honor looks. But honor is required no matter if the person is great or if they're difficult. So, again, honor may look different for each and every person, but it doesn't matter what we feel. It matters what we do. Again, if I wait until I feel like the person deserves honor or help or attention, I will never begin. I must act in spite of my feelings sometimes, and that's okay. That's, that's an act of faith, stepping out. I, I'm not saved by my feelings. I'm saved by my faith. So I, I'm, I'm putting my faith into action when I say, yes, I honor you. I choose to honor you. And the third thing we see is that some blessings are contingent upon the honor that I give to those in authority. I'll say that again. Some blessings are contingent upon the honor that I give to those in authority. This is the first commandment with a promise. Honor those in authority. Live long in the land. Throughout Scripture, we see this principle when we show honor to those in positions of authority, parents, teachers, employers, government, 
we are blessed. It's, it's a promise that God gives because he set this up. He is the supreme. He is the greatest. He is the, the one over all things, but then he directs who is in authority. He set it up in the, in the very beginning that the man would be the head and the woman would be under the authority of her husband. We'll t- oh, that's a whole other subject. But that's the way God set it up. And then the, the children will be under them. So there's a hierarchy of authority. And if we stay under the authority, then we're blessed. If we come out from underneath it, then we receive whatever the whatever the consequence is that the person who should be an authority would be getting. You step out from under it, well, you have no covering. Think about this. When, when Saul had been seeking to kill David, David had been anointed the king. He knew he was going to be the king. And he could have overthrown Saul and made himself king, risen up, this is me, this is my position. But no, when David had the opportunity in the cave to kill Saul, he would not take that opportunity because Saul was God's anointed king. He said, I cannot touch God's anointed. God has put a covering over him, and I'll stay under that covering until God removes it. He even, he had cut the bottom of of Saul's robe and he he repented of it. He said, God, I'm sorry because that was dishonoring the king and I shouldn't have done that. Again, the issue of feeling comes into play. We've been fooled into thinking that we must like and agree with those over us in order to honor them and speak well of them or at least not trash them. That's a lie. That's a seed of rebellion that the enemy wants to plant within our hearts. That talking junk about those in authority over us, and if I was in authority, I'd do it differently. If I was over this whole, if if they put me in charge, I'd be better. Oh my, Lord, help us. Because see, the enemy, Satan, is the first one who ever committed rebellion against Yahweh. They were in heaven. He was an archangel. He was in charge of the worship, and he was beautiful, and he, he, was, he was leading the worship of all of heaven. And he did not want to be under the authority of Yahweh. So he tried to lift himself up, and God cast him down. Jesus said, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. So God cast him down. And from that time until now, seeds of rebellion are planted by the enemy in our hearts because he wants everyone to rebel against God. So when, when the Lord said, when, when the Lord said through Samuel to Saul, rebellion is witchcraft. He said, those seeds of rebellion, you start, to, you start to be rebellious against those in authority, whether it's your parents or, or teachers or, or you know, your employers, whatever it is. You, you start that rebellion, that's witchcraft. You've got to be careful. Dig that seed out because that is the enemy talking to us, telling, oh, you don't need to follow this direction. 
you don't need to show honor. Oh, just, just show honor at face value, and then when you get behind their back, you start talking to them. That's okay. No. Because the enemy does not want us to submit to the authority of God or give him the honor that is due to him. Therefore, every opportunity he plants those seeds of discord, words of disrespect, and issues with the authority figures in our lives, if we can't get that right, if we cannot get that right, honoring those who are over us, whether figurative or, or spiritual or literal fathers and mothers, if we can't get that right, we've got issues. But if we can get the honor right, we'll be blessed. This command was to protect all generations, even, even to us so, thinking about those fathers and mothers, those spiritual fathers and mothers, those who have come before us have a, a wealth of knowledge and experience. It would greatly benefit our lives, not only to show them honor, but also to get perspective, ask advice, hear their stories while we can. I know Shane says that he wishes that he had, um, that he had written down some of the stories that his grandpa told. His dad has great stories, and sometimes I just, you know, ask him different things. But apparently his grandpa had better stories. And he said, you know, I wish that I had written those down before he died so I could remember them. And we, we only have so much time with those who are older. And so I encourage you, if you have that opportunity, you know, spend time and, and get that advice, get that perspective Get those stories. Um, there's a, a, in one of the commentaries I was reading, a, a Jewish perspective that, that they have a practice that they sit down with their elders and they would, they would ask them to just unload all their information. And so the, the person, the younger person receiving would just, would just glean all the information they could. Just start from the beginning and tell me all of your stories and they would gather up all that information and that's a way of honoring as well respecting that that wisdom that comes with age so honoring our father and mother is an important command to get right because our ministry to our families is second only to our relationship with God honor does not depend on our feelings we must honor even if the feelings never come and my blessing may be hinging on my response to those who are in authority. As the music plays and we pray, I just encourage you, if, if there are any if there are any people in your life that you need to change your attitude or actions toward, again, and maybe the feeling's just not going to come, but maybe your actions need to change uh, and we'll pray that the Lord will help us and that we'll honor, we'll, we'll value those around us who have so much wisdom to offer and that he'll help us as well with those seeds of rebellion to dig those out because even as we're older, we can have those feelings um, and we can only overcome them by the help of the Lord. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word that is true 
God, we thank you, we praise you for your goodness to us. God, that you allow us to be in a place to hear your word and receive from you. God, I thank you that each and every person here is not here by accident, but they are here to, to receive something from you. We thank you that your word does not return void, but it accomplishes everything that you have intended. And I pray for each person now that you would begin to work in our hearts. God, for those who have had a great familial experience, those who have wonderful parents, who have, a, who have no complaints about how they grew up, God, we thank you. We praise you for that blessing because that's only your blessing that allowed us to be in that circumstance. God, each and every one of us could have such a different story if you had not put your hand on us. And God, I thank you and I praise you for those of us who, who did have a great story. I thank you and I praise you that, that for some of us, you've made it really easy to honor. But for those who have difficulty, God, those who have a hard time for whatever reason, that their mom or their dad wasn't there, or if they were abusive, mentally, physically, emotionally, whatever way, God, if they if they had a really hard time. God, for those who felt neglected by those who were supposed to be responsible for them, those who were supposed to be looking after them, God, I, I ask now that you would begin to heal those wounds that are so deep in our hearts. God, those things that, that people don't speak about, but they hurt. Father God, I, I ask that you would be Father that you would be mother to those who have lost. Father, I pray that you would help those who are struggling with this idea of honor, who just don't feel like it, who just can't muster it up, but that we would by faith begin to honor whether it's our spiritual authority or our literal authority, God, I pray that you would work in our lives. Father, if there are seeds of rebellion within our hearts, I ask that you would dig those out. We speak against the enemy who would come against us and tell us that there's no reason to listen, no reason to obey, that, that our thoughts are, are better and we need, to, we need to go our own way. Father, I pray that you would just tear down those lies of the enemy and help us to understand that we are safe and protected when we stay under the authority that you've put over us. When we honor those who are over us in the Lord. Father God, I pray that you would work and move in our lives, that we would please you in all that we say and do. That we would bless you with the way that we act, with the way that we walk, with the things that we say, that each and every day we would be a light, a reflection of your love and your goodness. God, I pray that when it's within our power to do good to those around us, that we would. That we would not withhold good from those who need it. Not, not just those who deserve it, God, in our minds, but, but from those who need it. I pray that you would show us opportunities to give and to bless and to help. God, we thank you and we praise you for all that you do and all that you are because you are good. We thank you, God.
And today we say over your people, may Yahweh bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you. May he be gracious unto you. And may he give you his peace. In Jesus' precious holy name we pray.